We're going to turn to Acts 14, and, and it's, it's a lengthy reading, so I do apologize. I will do my best to get through it. Acts 14, 8 through 20, and I'm going to read out of the NLT. I just, I just like the way it reads. Um, While they were at Lystra, Paul, Paul and Barnabas came upon a man with crippled feet. He had been that way from birth, so he had never walked. He was, he was sitting and listening as, as Paul preached. Looking straight at him, Paul realized he had faith to be healed. I wonder what that looked like. I, I wonder what was on that man's face. Was it desperation? Was it excitement? Was, was it this, this hunger for more of the word of God? I, I would like to know what Paul's seen, that he's seen faith that this man was ready to be healed. So Paul called to him in verse 10 uh, with a loud voice, stand up. And the man jumped to his feet and started walking. As simple as that. You know what I believe? I don't believe there was just one person there listening to Paul preach. I believed if, if there was multiple people that had a need at that very moment and they would have just stood up, God would have taken care of every one of their needs and every one of the situations that they had came there that day with. When the crowd saw that Paul... What Paul had done, they, they shouted in their local dialect, these men are gods in human form. They decided that Barnabas was the Greek god Zeus and that Paul was Hermes since he was the chief speaker. Now the temple of Zeus was located just outside the town. So the priests of the temple and, and the crowds brought bowls and wreaths and flowers to the town gates and they prepared to offer sacrifices to the apostles. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard what was happening, they, they tore their clothes in dismay and ran out among the people shouting, friends, why are you doing this? We are mere, merely human beings just like you. We have come to bring you the good news that you should turn from these worthless things and turn to a living God. He was referring to their idol worship. You hear that they had a temple built to Zeus. He's saying, return from these and worship the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Now dropping down to verse 19. Then some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowds to their side and they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the town thinking he was dead. There's, there's always someone in the crowd who's willing to throw a stone first. <laughs> and that's what they did. It just took one. It took one voice and all of a sudden they ganged up on him and, and, and Paul was stoned. They drug him out thinking he was dead. But as the believers gathered around him, he got up and went back into the town the next day, he left with Barnabas to Darby. Let's pray that God would open our ears to hear and that God would anoint the messenger today to deliver a word with clarity. Jesus, I love you and I thank you. God, I give you glory and honor. I'm so grateful for what we feel in this place. I know there's a power and there's a presence of God so thick in this place that at any moment during this message, you will heal, you will touch, you will deliver, you will set free, you will fill someone with your spirit today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask that you open the windows of heaven and pour out your spirit greater than we've ever experienced in the name of Jesus Christ. Everybody would say amen one more time. You may be seated. A couple weeks ago, the old song, I, I don't know who, I, I don't know if someone started singing it, hymn it, saying something uh, uh, 
saying something about it, why it just, it just started to stir in my heart. And, and how many remembers the old hymnals that we used to sing out of? How many remembers what they were called? Sing unto the Lord. I think that was our last one. I believe so. There was, there was a song we used to sing simply called, This World Is Not My Home. Now, here's the question. Who remembers what page that was on? Oh, it's in the 300s. 301. Ah, oh, we can guess all night. It was 311. I remember Brother Mitchell, he would come up and say, turn to, turn to hymn old 311. And we would sing this song, this world is not my home. And I think that's how you know you're getting old, when you start to reminisce back to some of those old school songs we used to sing. But, but let, me, let me read some of the, the, the lyrics to this song. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. The chorus went, oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, if heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. I can't feel at home in this world anymore. They're all expecting me, and that's one thing I know. My Savior pardoned me, and now I onward go. I know he'll take me through, though I am weak and poor, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Just up in glory land, we'll live eternally. The saints on every hand are shouting victory. Their songs of sweetest praise drift back from heaven's shore. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. We don't sing songs like that anymore. And sometimes I wish we would. What, 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 I, what I feel, look, I know all the old school was clapping, but some of the young people are like, that was terrible. <laughs> but the reality is, it's, it's, it's the thought right there that, that, that we, we, don't, we don't preach enough about heaven. We don't talk enough about heaven. And, 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 and sometimes I think we... we, we, we we think we're just living for this world alone. I, I don't think our treasures are, 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 are caught up somewhere beyond the blue. So, sometimes I feel like that, that we, get, we get distracted with down here, and, and our treasures are all down here. But today, I've come to encourage someone today that, that, that you and I are here just a passing through. This world is not our home. As a matter of fact, someday this world will be gone. And there will be a place that you will spend eternity. It will be in heaven or it will be in hell. And God forbid any one of us spend eternity in hell. I pray, I hope that each and every one of us make it our ultimate goal to make heaven our home. I, heap, I, I hope and pray each and every one of us, uh, we hear well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome in. Uh, come into your reward. I hope and I pray that every one of us here 
well done. But we must understand, we must step back and realize this world is not our home. Do not lay up treasures on this world, this earth, because they will pass away. Do you know the reality of it is everything in this world is going to pass away except the mighty word of God. This is the one thing that will not pass away. This is the one thing that will not get old. We are just passing through. So what is the purpose of this journey? What, what is this passing through all about? What is the true purpose of the journey? Let's look to John 15 and 16. I think it's New King James Version here. You did not cho choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, and that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Each and every one of us, you are not here by accident. God has designed and chose you. You did not choose him, no matter what you think, no matter how you try to process it. You did not choose God. God chose you. God has called you, each and every one of us, I should say us. Now, I don't want to leave myself out. God has called each and every one of us to fulfill his purpose and his will. If you are here today, God has a plan for your life. If you are listening online, can I tell you, God has a plan for your life. He has called each and every one of us for such a time as this. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. It is not an accident. God has placed this plan in motion before we were ever born. Don't take it for granted. Don't think you were just born into the right family. Don't think by accident you came across someone that invited you to church. It was the plan of God before you were even born. God chose you. God knew you. God ordained and designed for you to be here. Second Peter 3 and 8, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. It's never been God's will to destroy anybody. It has always been the will of God, the calling and the drawing of God, that each and every one of us come to repentance. The God that knows us, the God that formed us before we were born, the God that called us on this journey is the same God that is long-suffering and he's not willing that we should perish, but that we all come to repentance. Why? Why would the Lord of heavens choose us? Why would the Lord Almighty pay attention to us before we were even born? Why would the Lord God be long-suffering with us that we all should come to repentance? I'm glad you asked. He is looking for someone who will willingly fulfill the great commission. Matthew 28, 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The great commission was to make 
disciples. That is the will and the purpose of God for every one of our lives. We are to make disciples. That is why God chose you. That is why God knew you before you were born. Why? Because there was a commission to make disciples. It's what he started doing with the apostles and what it's supposed to be continuing today. You and I are supposed to make disciples. Before we ever make a disciple, you and I must be a disciple. Amen? Amen. You and I have a responsibility to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. You and I have a responsibility to repent of our sins, to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is first and foremost for every one of our lives. If, if you have not done that yet, if you have not experienced the greatest gift of your life and being filled with the Holy Ghost, I, I, I'm urging you, study the Word of God out until it becomes so clear and it becomes desperation for you. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You must repent of your sins and you must be filled with his spirit. It is a must. But we must make disciples. That is what the journey is all about. That is why you and I are here today. If we make a great life along the way, that's just icing on the cake. But our number one responsibility is to be a disciple and it's to make disciples. We must understand that we are just passing through. The journey is only promised for a short time compared to eternity. If we were to really lay it out, uh, Psalms 90 and 10 says the days of our lives are 70 years. And if by reason of strength, they are 80 years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow for it is soon cut off and we fly away. In other words, our basic life is 80 years. If we get more than that, you are blessed beyond measure. But the reality of this earth, this time that we have to pass through this journey is simply 70, 80 years. The, the scary part about that is we can't base everything off 78. I remember being young at times saying, oh, I'm going to get right with God when I'm 50. I'm going to get right with God when I'm 40. But the reality is we don't know when that day is coming. When God says it's time for you to come home, are you ready or not? But we must understand Compared to eternity, this life down here is a very, very short time. So don't you dare get so caught up in making a life down here that we don't make plans and invest in an eternal kingdom of God. In 2019, the CDC reported 3,100 people were killed and 4,000 424,000 were injured in crashes involving distracted drivers. About one in five of the people that died in those crashes, they weren't even in the vehicles. They were innocent bystanders. They were walking along the side of the road on the sidewalk. They were riding their bikes or, or, or otherwise they just weren't in the vehicle. The CDC reported that the three main types of distractions were visual distractions, taking your eyes off the road, manual, taking your hands off the wheel, and then cognitive, taking your mind off driving. That is powerful stuff. Distracted driving is a serious issue in our world. And, and I'm pretty certain each and every one of us have done it a time or two. We've been distracted by driving. But, but, but just as, as, as bad as that is and, and just as severe as that is, that 
there's another distraction that the enemy of our soul uses on a daily in our lives, and that's distracting us from our purpose and our goal. He's used it for years, and he's used it on each and every one of us. He's done everything in his power to get us to take our eyes off where we're going, to take our eyes off our calling, to take our eyes off our purpose, to forget what the Great Commission is. See, he'll use visual, just like the CDC reported, taking our eyes off the finish line, turning our eyes left or right to something else. He will use whatever it takes. You understand me? He'll use your job. He'll use success. He'll use a sickness. He'll use family hurt. He'll use church hurt. He'll use whatever it takes just to get us, just to turn our eyes even if it's just for a few moments, even if it's just for a week or two or a month, because what he knows is if he can distract us long enough, that, 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 that day or that week or that month will turn into years and years and years of living a distracted life, never reaching our full potential, never reaching the purpose and the plan that God has for us, which is making disciples. He'll use visual. He'll use manual. He'll, he'll use uh, manual distractions. Satan will try to, to get us sideways and, and just get us to where we just throw our hand. How many? Oh, we've done it. We've done it. We've done it. You get so frustrated. You get so bogged down with life. You just throw, I'm just giving up. And we want to, we want to use Carrie Underwood songs, Jesus take the wheel, but it just doesn't happen. You threw your hands up. You kicked Jesus' hands off the wheel. And we just give up. I can't do it. It's too hard. I don't want to live this way. It's too much. He'll, he'll, he'll use family. Get you to throw your hands up. He'll use someone sitting right next to you to get you to throw your hands up. He will use whatever it takes to keep us distracted. Then the third one is cognitive. The enemy is really good at mind games. He is so good at mind games. And, and he, he, oh man, he has, he has a way of wrapping our minds so twisted, get us to think silly, silly, silly things that when, when, when we're, when, when we're delivered from those thoughts, you, you, you step back and you're like, that was the stupidest thing I ever thought. But in the very moment, you can't see that because that's what the enemy of our soul does. He just plays mind games and he gets us to twist and to dig and to, and, and to turn our thoughts against one another. He'll get us to think this person doesn't like me and that person's over there talking about me and that person did this and that person did that and I'm better than them. So mind games is what Satan he'll use. He'll keep us distracted any way possible. He'll, he'll get us to think, I, I can never change. I've been this way my whole life. Do you know the family I come from? Do you know who my parents are? Do you know the addictions we've been through? And he'll keep you there for years. But those are lies 
from hell. Do you realize? Do you realize Satan really has no power? That, that is the crazy thing about this. The Bible says he's a roaring lion walking about seeking whom. He, he just is loud. That's all he's got. He has no power. We just sang a song about a champion, about a God who's never been defeated. And each and every one of us have that royal blood flowing through our veins. <laughs> Satan has zero power. He can't get you to do anything. You Choose to do what you want to do. I choose to do what I want to do. I choose to believe what I want to believe. I choose to let my mind get twisted. And I use, I choose to let my eyes get distracted. And I choose to throw my hands up. Satan does nothing. He can't. He has no power. He tries. He roars but he truly can't force us to do anything. But yet, we battle distractions along the way. His goal, Satan's biggest goal, take, distract us from God's plan and God's purpose for our life. But we must understand that all throughout the Bible, there's scriptures like Hebrews 12 and 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. Psalms 121, 1 and 2. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord. You see, the, the scripture is combating what Satan is trying to do. He wants to distract us left and right, but the scripture is telling us, just stay focused. Just keep looking up. Don't look down here at what's going on on this earth. Just keep focused. Just stay focused. Focus. Just keep your eyes turned to him. If you look to the hills, you're going to find your strength. If you would look to Jesus, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He knows the beginning from the end. Proverbs 4, 25 and 20. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. What is scripture telling us? Just stay focused. There's a purpose for your life. You are called to make disciples. Don't be distracted. See, God has promises along the way. There's nothing, this life is nothing more than a journey, but it's not our final resting place. There is a place prepared for us, as the old song sang about. The Lord God has went before us preparing a way. He has left us with some promise Promises for our passing journey. Deuteronomy 31 and 8. Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. There's promises along the way that God is going to go with us 
every step of the way. Don't be distracted. Romans 8, 29, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purposes. Just hang in there. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what distraction you're dealing with. Just hang on. All things work together for the good. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also provide a way of escape. God is always going to give us a way out. Don't you get distracted. Stay focused. Keep going. Keep putting one foot in front of another. Don't look left or don't look right. Just keep going. This is just a journey. We are just a passing through. This life is too short to give up now. This life is too short to be distracted now. We have got to keep going. And there's promises all throughout the word of God that will encourage us to keep going. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. God has given us promises. God does not want to see any one of us give up. He does not want to see any one of us be distracted. He does not want to see any one of us throw in the towel and not reach our true potential and purpose. God has a plan and he's set some things in motion. Acts 14, 21 and 22. Back to the story we started with. After preaching the good news in, in Derby and making many disciples, Paul and Barnabas returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch of Poseidon, where they strengthened the believers. They encouraged them to continue in the faith, reminding them that we must suffer many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. You can put that picture up. Paul's missionary journey. He was stoned and left for dead in Lystra. Took a quick trip to Derby. I guess he thought, ah, they didn't kill me there. Let's go see if they'll try the next city I go to. But then look what he does. From Darby, he goes back. <laughs> I call that crazy or stupid. I don't know. But he goes back to Lystra, to the place he was just stoned, to the place that just left him for dead. Why? Why would he go back? Why would he take that chance again? Because Paul had an understanding. I'm just passing through. And along the way, I, I got to make disciples and take as many with me. Scripture says he, he went back to Lystra and strengthened the brothers there. <sighs> went back to strengthen the brothers there, then he went back through Iconium and to Antioch. Give us a mindset like Paul. This life is not my own. 
I'm just passing through. You and I today, we're just passing through. Heaven must be our ultimate goal. If, if you're uncertain today that you know 100% without a doubt you know where you're spending eternity, I beg you, figure that out before you leave this place. If, if you've been distracted by things, and, and, and the, the reality is th those things are real. If you've been hurt, that, that's real hurt. You feel that. If you've been wounded, you feel that. If, if you've tasted success, that, that, that's a real thing. And it's so easy to let these things distract us from God's plan for our life. But I'm telling you today, we're just passing through. This world is not our home. If you got a million dollars in your bank account, when Jesus comes back, that's gone. If you owe a hundred banks a million dollars, hallelujah. Yo, <laughs> that's gone too. Now, I am not telling you, oh, Pastor, I'm not telling you, go out and get a. <laughs> we believe in the Dave, Dave Ramsey program around here, all right? We, live, we believe in living debt free. But what I'm telling you, some of us made some dumb mistakes over our life. And the reality of that is we could get distracted by doing everything in our power to get that paid off and, and taking every bit of overtime we can and, and working our, our fingers to the bone and never have time for the plan and the purpose of God for our life. Do not be distracted. Remember, 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 we are just passing through. Would you stand with me right now? Paul understood he was on a journey. He was on a journey to be a disciple and then to make disciples. And at, 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 at whatever the cost would have been, if he would have died at Lystra the first time, he would have gladly accepted what it was. If he would have died at Lystra a second, the second time, he would have gladly taken. Why? Because he understood he actually said, Philippians 1.21, for, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. In other words, no matter what you did to Paul, he was good. If he lived, hey, he's going to keep preaching the gospel. He's going to keep making disciples. If he died, ha, he's going with Jesus to hang out. Peace out, I'm gone. Thank you, Jesus. He just had an understanding. It just didn't matter. I, I, I'm here for one thing, one purpose. I have to make disciples. I have to be a disciple that I need to make disciples. Can I tell each and every one of us here at the sanctuary today, we have got to get that mindset. It is our responsibility to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, and it is our responsibility to make disciples. Hear me today. Don't get distracted. Don't let the cares of this life, don't let the things that have happened stop you from God's purpose for your life. It was his purpose.
will that each and every one of us be here today, that you are called, that you are chosen today to be here. And why? Why? Because he has a purpose for your life. He wants you to be a disciple and he wants you to make disciples. I'm asking that everyone would come around this altar just for, I will not prolong this at all, but I'm just asking that everyone would come around this altar and just for a moment, I want you, I, I, want, I want God to speak to us. I want God to put someone on your heart that you can lead to Christ. I want God to put someone on your heart that is hungry to know him. And then for those of you, you're just unsure. Maybe you don't get what this is all about. I'm asking you to do one simple thing. We call it repent of your sins. Basically, God, I am sorry for everything I've done wrong. There's things I've done wrong I don't even know about. God, I'm sorry for those too. I can tell you for me, I have to repent every day because I'm a knucklehead. I just, I just, I ain't perfect. I ain't a perfect person. So every day I find a few minutes to repent because I'm human. I'm flesh. And you know what the reality is? God forgives me each and every day and he'll do the same thing for you. So two things we're doing. We're going to repent of our sins and then we're going to ask God to put someone on our heart that we can lead to him. And in the rest of this year, and all of next year, I want us to be our goal that we will be a disciple like never before. We will eliminate all distractions. And then for two, that we will make a disciple. If every one of us, every one of us in this place made a disciple, the church would would double. You understand that? If every one of us in one year would make one disciple, the church would double. What a blessing that would be to the quiet cities if the if the sanctuary doubled. Come on, somebody, lift up the name of Jesus just for a few moments. God, I love you, and I thank you. I give you glory, and I give you honor. God, I understand. I am just passing through. God, I understand that, oh God, that, that, that this life is not my own. God, first and foremost, I have to be a disciple. I have to be who you called me to be. I can't let distractions get in the way. I can't let things hinder me from what you've called me.